Friends, hello and welcome to episode 150 of Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. I am a bit excited. It's episode 150, which kind of crept up really quickly, but also I feel like I've been doing this for a really long time. So, you know, both. Um, Anyway, today we are going to be talking about a concept in somatics called feathering. And I want to use this idea that is really a movement concept to talk about how it can help us with movement, but also to kind of parallel with the ideas of self-kindness and how we can use this concept to kind of inform the way that we meet ourselves with kindness as well. So we are going to dive into that right after this. Hi, and welcome to Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. Okay, so episode 150, and actually I want to start there today. I wanted to start with an acknowledgement of the fact that this is episode 150, which truly is, like, blows my mind a little bit when I sat down to start this podcast in, I think it was April of 2020 or so hang on, we must be sitting on our second year anniversary too. Wow. Okay. That is amazing. That is so cool. When I sat down to do this for the first time two years ago, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, you know, you might argue that I still don't know what I'm doing, but I am having a lot of fun figuring it out. And so I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. Um, some of you might have been listening for that entire two years. Some of you might be new around here. Uh, whatever the case is, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's an interesting experience kind of recording something in a room by myself um, and then seeing that people are, are, are tuning in and it's it's just a joy. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And a reminder that if you haven't done so in the past, I would be so incredibly grateful if you would leave a rating and review. Um, the best place to do that is over on Apple Podcasts. I know not everybody's listening on Apple Podcasts, but you can do that um, through Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever it is that you're listening. I don't like asking for that all that often because um, I know when you're listening to a podcast, you just want to listen to it, but it really does um, help and it really does make a difference. And I would be so grateful if you would take the time to do that. So, oh, and the other thing is, if you're tuning in and you're happy to, I would love you to tag me on, on you know, your, your Instagram stories or whatever. Um, one of the hardest things I think about doing stuff like this is just getting the word out there, right? Reaching people who maybe you wouldn't, wouldn't reach otherwise. And so that's where having people like your fine selves uh, help me out with that can be really, really helpful. So on to today's episode, we are going to talk about a concept called feathering. So like a feather from a bird with an ING on the end, feathering, um, which comes from somatics. Um, One of the teachers who I have studied with calls it feathering. Another doesn't call it anything, but uses the concept. Um, So I'm not sure if the term itself comes from somatic sort of, you know, back, back from the beginnings of somatics or not. Uh, Doesn't really matter though. Um, We're going to talk about the concept. I'm going to explain that. But as I mentioned before the intro, I want to talk a little bit about how the what we kind of know about feathering and and the impact that it can have physically, how we can kind of use those ideas in our self-kindness practices. I don't think that we can completely 
separate our movement practice and our self-kindness practice because I think that they are completely intertwined. Um, But we're going to kind of talk about how I guess they could be applied in a non-physical kind of way. So what is feathering and why are we talking about it? I actually was thinking about this concept a little bit more recently when one of um, the members of the Self-Kind Hub asked a question in our private sort of closed Facebook group about a class um, and a particular movement that she was doing that was creating a sense of cramping in her hip. And she was just sort of saying, every time I do this movement, my leg cramps, what should I do? And so we had a little conversation about this concept of feathering and how it could help. Um, We talked about a bunch of other stuff as well, um, because, you know, in any kind of movement scenario, there's not just one solution. There's not one thing that's going to work for everyone. So this, in this particular scenario that this person was speaking about, feathering might've worked for one person. It didn't actually work for her in this, um, in this instance, something else that we talked about did um, help, but it got me thinking about this concept anyway. So we're going to talk about it. Um, because it can be a really useful one. So the idea of feathering is, and in fact, depending on what you're doing right now, we might actually try this. So if you're driving the car, just listen. Um, but if you're in a place where you can actually do this as we as we talk through it, do it. And, and it will help you to kind of understand that feeling. I think even just listening to me describe it will make hopefully some really good sense, even if you're not in a position to follow along. So if you were to focus just on your right shoulder right now, And you were to shrug that shoulder up towards your ear and then scooch it forward like you were trying to sort of pinch it towards your chest and then draw it down like you were trying to get that shoulder down towards your hip and then squeeze it back like you were sliding your shoulder blade across the back and then come back up again. You're making a circle, right, with your shoulder. So you could keep going. You could keep going around in that circle nice and slow. And just notice if there's any part of that circle that perhaps doesn't feel like it carries the same kind of curved edge as the rest of the circle or a spot where the movement hesitates or skips or hops or jumps somewhere where you're like, oh, that just doesn't, it's not quite so clear. It's not such a smooth, clear part of the movement. And feathering is when we stop kind of in that zone of like, what's happening here? It's not pain, but it's a sense of like, there's just something here that is I'm, I'm trying to skip over or I'm avoiding, or there's a sense of staccato even, like it's a bumpy movement. And we pause in that part of the, the movement or the circle, and we just go back and forth in the tiniest little range, just in that spot where it's kind of like not smooth. Lisa Peterson, my my teacher talks about this, like we're ironing over a crease. So, you know, when you get a shirt out of the bag for the first time and there's always like a, um, you know, back in the day when you used to buy your shirts and bags, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Um, they would have really sharp creases in them and you, you know, you'd have to iron back and forth over that crease quite a number of times to get the smooth, um, fabric back in shape. Um, And it's the same sort of thing. It's kind of this idea of like feathering or ironing over a very discreet part of the movement. And if you're doing this in real time, then let that go. And then you might try the circle again and just see as you come back to the full range of motion, is that area that you just spent a little bit more time? And because I've been talking the whole time, this is not an ideal um, example. You'd be better off doing this later when you're not kind of got me in your ear or push pause so that you can focus Um, And you might notice, does the circle feel any different? Does that section of that movement have more clarity? 
or not. You know, we only spent a little bit of time here, but um, or maybe no time at all if you've been listening. But this idea that we're going back and forth over a place that there's just a little bit of a lack of connection or clarity. And the reason that we do this is because when we talk about like the brain body connection, that's a very literal thing. In our brain, we have a representation of the body. And when we're moving, you know, there's a certain part of the brain that is responsible for kind of um, like connecting with that part of our body. So, you know, there's a representation, it's called the homunculus, and it's a representation of your body in your brain. And that representation can be very clear or it can be kind of fuzzy, kind of smudgy. And it can be different for different parts of our body. Different parts of our body have different representations too. So like our hands and feet hold a huge amount of real estate in our brain. Um, I think our tongue does as well. Um, And our lips, things like that. Other parts of our brain have very small amounts of representation. And so you might even kind of feel that reflected in, wow, I don't have as much control or I don't feel as connected to certain parts of my body. But even those areas that are kind of well represented in our brain, there may be elements of a particular movement or a range where that representation or that connection is kind of like fuzzy or smudgy or um, just a little bit, you know, not as clear as it could be. And so when we feather over a movement, what we're really doing is we're saying, hey, I want you to pay attention here. I want you to pay attention to this very discreet space. And so we're really asking our brain to kind of like hook in, to be, it's like shining a torch or a spotlight on this very specific space. And it's amazing how when we focus, that alone can change our movement. And it's kind of fascinating, actually. It's very fascinating how quickly we can change the way movement feels purely by getting our brain involved. Now, our brain's always involved because it's involved in in movement expression. But when we're paying attention, like that intentional kind of brain-body connection, um, things can change really quickly. They might not last forever, right? So the first time you do this, you might be like, wow, that has changed changed this hugely. Then we go back into our life and and we layer on, you know, our habits and our compensations and all of those things, and that's fine. Um, So it's not necessarily going to last forever, but when we do this kind of work repeatedly over and over again, and we're kind of coming back to it over and over again, we can end up feeling far more connected and far, like we've got a far greater control um, and, and more ease throughout the range that we explore. So really what we're doing when we're feathering is we're getting that spotlight, we're saying, pay attention to this place. And we're also like laying down evidence for the fact that we can move that, that bit of ourselves in that range with clarity. Because one of the things that your body is always doing, or your brain is always doing, is collecting evidence for the way that you move. And it uses that evidence in a couple of ways, but one of them is just like for efficiency. So how you move is how you'll move is how you'll move because it's efficient. Um, But also movement itself is an input into the brain, but it's also an output from the brain. And so 
when we're moving and when we're doing something like feathering and we're shining that spotlight and we're saying, hey, pay attention here, we are providing evidence to our brain about the way that our body moves and can move and can function. And when we provide that evidence, then the output changes. Because really what we're doing all day, every day is collecting data. Like we're data collecting machines. You can think of your brain as being like this supercomputer in your head, right? That is just collecting all of this information. Some of that information comes from our physical expression of movement. Some of that information comes from the way that we think about movement. Some of that information comes from our actual environment in terms of what, you know, what can I see? What can I hear? What is familiar? What is, what is not? And our brain is computing all of this stuff all of the time. And so you can imagine the, like the huge amount of energy that that requires. And so there's a reason why we, you know, default to efficiency. It's because it's far less energy, um, heavy, but also we're, when we shine that sort of spotlight on this movement, we are saying this is important, like pay attention here for a minute because this is important. And I want to give you brain some really clear evidence of what I'm capable of with the intention that as we improve the quality of the information going in, we're going to improve the quality of the the movement potential out. Um, hopefully that makes sense. I feel like that's kind of like a simplified um, explanation, but but one that, um, you know, hopefully paints a bit of a picture of, of how we're in communication with ourselves constantly. Um, it's kind of fascinating, really, when we start to look at the conversation our body's having with us, as opposed to like what our body is doing to us. They're very different things. And it it really can change our relationship with ourselves and our body when we realize that we're in deep conversation with ourselves all the time. So if we take this concept of feathering and we apply it to self-kindness, I think there's a couple of really fun, cool, uh, interesting parallels. The first one is this idea of repetition. And And it ties in, there's sort of two ideas, repetition and evidence. And what I think is cool is that we get, we get, I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. We get this idea, right? So when we're feathering, we're repeating something kind of over and over again for a short period of time, but we're repeating it so that we know where we want to pay attention. We know we're sort of saying here, here, here. And when we take this idea of like efficiency, right? So your brain wants to be efficient. So it's going to do what you've always done because that's the most efficient. When we're trying to create change, that requires more effort. That requires more energy because it goes against this desire for efficiency. So anytime we're like, you hear me talking about like, let let it be easier. Part of that is because change itself is hard. Change itself is effortful. And so if we can get it to be easier, still doesn't necessarily always mean it's going to be easy, but we increase the, the, the available, um, kind of tolerance for that because like change is hard. It takes effort. And so by sort of shining that spotlight there and saying, Hey, like this is actually something that's important. This is where I want you to focus right now. And it's the same when we're offering ourselves kindness. If that is not our default, and it is for some people, right? Like there are some people walking around in the world who are really good to themselves. And and it's been a part of who they are for a really long time. I know a few of them and I think it's phenomenal. (laughs) I am not one of them. It is not my default. My default is to 
assume that I've done something wrong. My default is to, um, you know, beat up on myself for the things that I haven't done. For me, self-kindness has taken a really lot, a long amount of evidence gathering and, and spotlight shining to say, this is important to me. It's important that I treat myself with kindness. That matters to me. So please focus here, pay attention here. And with that comes repetition. We can try to be kind to ourselves one time and be like, duh, that was hard. You know, I'm no good at it and just throw it away. And it's like, but hey, if you think about this from the concept of, of feathering in your shoulder circle that we talked about earlier, are you no good at making your shoulder circle? Or does your brain just need more evidence of your capacity there? And then is there kind of this back and forth process that happens of, hey, here's some evidence. Oh, here's some output. Oh, here's some evidence. Oh, here's some output. And when we can kind of just start to see it like that, like we have got to just continue providing evidence for the way that we want to be in relationship with ourselves. And so every time that we go back to saying, hey, I hear this voice in my head that's telling me that I'm not doing enough. But guess what? I'm going to like, I hear you. I get it. I get that you're trying to keep me safe. I get that we're going for efficiency here, but also being kind to myself is important to me. So I'm going to repeat this behavior over and over again. I'm going to shine a spotlight here for a second and say, hey, this is important to me because it is like if it is right, I think it's important for everyone, but I'm not going to push that on everyone. Obviously, if you're like, that's not important to me. Great. What is important to you? Like you can sort of use this same, same spotlight, right? Um, but it's this idea that we're, we're repeating something over and over again, um, because that's necessary. Having to repeat something doesn't mean that you're bad at it. It doesn't mean that you didn't do a good enough job the first time. It just means that we are the kind of things, creatures that need repetition. You have repeated the habits that you already possess, you know, that negative self-talk potentially, brushing your teeth, um, putting your, your left shoe on before your right or whatever it is. Those things have become habits because you've repeated them a lot of times. And, and so repetition is, is incredibly important. But I think that when we're trying to make change, sometimes we just assume that it's not sticking because we haven't, we didn't do a good enough job. And it's like, but what if it just, you just need to do it more times? What if it just needs to be repeated more often? Um, like that, that is often just true. And then, you know, taken with that, every time we're in this repetition, we're, we're laying down more evidence. We're providing more evidence for what we um, are capable of, what we want and saying, this is important to me. And like that, that, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's the effort, right? So I've talked about this before and I'm, I'm sure I will talk about it till, you know, forever. But this idea that self-kindness is easy or that it's the, the easy road or that it's the path of least resistance is just not true. Um, I think that often we experience a lot of resistance on the way to self-kindness or, or in the midst of self-kindness because it's a bit of a radical act. Um, it's countercultural. It is against the way that we have, for most of us, been raised um, and conditioned in society. So yeah, it's going to take a bit of effort, um, and repetition. Yeah. And so that is just, that is just true. <laughs> so hopefully that idea of feathering both from a physical point of view 
and you know a self-kind point of view is really helpful i guess the intersection of those two things is that from a, a physical point of view it's really kind to be able to use the full capacity of your body um you know within the within what's possible for you at the moment um when we talk about this full capacity there's no one version of that right it's not like well you have to be able to tick off all this checklist of what is a fully functioning body um and then once you've got all those things ticked off then we then yay well done it's not like that it's more in terms of you know for for you to be able to do the activities that you want to do and the things that you want to do and the the um experiences that you want to have are you able to use your body within a, a capacity that allows for that and i think it's a really kind a really self-kind thing to do to give that you know to to explore that to um do the movement work that that provides that possibility for you um and so self you know movement to me is a self-kind act when it's done with that that mindset or that intention behind it so hopefully that is some great food for thought for you for this week. Um, again, thank you for being here for this episode 150. That's wild. Uh, two years too. I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at what date it was when we hit publish on episode one. I, I feel like it must be basically two years ago, um, which is crazy. Like what black hole did, did time disappear into, right? Um, but if you're listening to this, I'm scrolling down as I'm doing April 6th. So we're past, we're t- like I'm t- recording this on the 26th of April. It's the 6th of April that um, episode one went live. So that's two years and 20 days. That's so cool. So thank you. Um, if you're listening to this when it comes out, which will be the 28th of April, 2022, um, we're about to dive into the simple and sustainable program inside the self-kind hub. I want to take just a minute or two to explain that to you. Um, but if you're listening to this and the 2nd of April, 2nd of May, rather 2022 is a distant thing, just, you know, it is. Um, but I'm going to tell you about this. This is starting on the 2nd of May. We will have the resources for this continuing to be available inside the self-kind hub. So if you're listening to this later or if, you know, if even it's just a few days later um, and you want in, please just send me um, a message to let me know that you've joined the self-kind hub and I'll get you up to up to speed. Um, so Simple and Sustainable is a 30-day support fest, for want of a better word, um, that I'm we're doing this for the first time inside the self-kind hub and it's this program and it's not really a program because I'm not pre-programming any movement sessions for you but it is a a 30-day period of support and accountability to help you find what simple and sustainable movement and self-kindness looks like for you right now and we're taking these ideas of really making things simple how can we make it so simple that we actually show up for it so that we have a place to build from potentially too. Um, And recognizing that somebody else's version of that is not our version of that. And so over these 30 days in May, we're really going to focus in on what is it that you need or can do? um, And how do we kind of bed that down as something that is supportive for you, not aspirational, you know, and that's great. Like there's nothing against aspirational goals, but doable things, doable things that make a difference to the way that you feel through your week. So if you want to join us for that, we kick off on the 2nd of May. Um, so you want to be in the in the hub before the 1st of May. So if you're listening to this on the 28th, jump on it now. Um, 
If you're listening to this since after the second and you still want to kind of join us, you can absolutely just join the Self-Kind Hub. Send me a message. Let me know that you've joined um, and I will get you up to speed. We can hop on a quick call together and, and kind of go through some bits and pieces together. Um, so the, the program is exclusively for members of the Self-Kind Hub and the Self-Kind Hub is my online home of movement and um, mindset support to help you move and be with more self-kindness. Classes are like a combination of yoga, Pilates and somatics. And we have a mixture of on-demand classes, a class of the day, every single day of the week um, and live stream classes most weeks as well. So you can head to ericaweb.com.au forward slash self-kind hub to find out more and i'll put that in the show notes as well um and yeah if you want to join us go ahead and join us i would love to see you there um i will put as i said links to all of that in the show notes but if you've got questions do come over and find me on instagram you'll find me at erica webb underscore self-kind thank you thank you thank you again for being here for episode 150 i will look forward to seeing you next week and until then keep being kind to yourself Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.